0: Join us every week for a lighthearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane.
1: Whether you're a diehard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get
0: your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap.
2: It felt like a punch in the gut, even though I knew what they were going to say.
0: Hey Michelle. Hey Carling. Hello. Oh hi. Hey. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. All right. Okay. Bye. Hey, okay. <laughs> good. Good. Enjoy the show. <laughs> maybe that's what the people want. They want a short, short and sweet. Yeah. Maybe. Then I don't know. Let us know. So far,
1: everybody that's given us feedback has told us they really like our intros.
0: Yeah. True. All
1: right. So, and we're kind of in a silly mood today. We are in We've a, got a silly of goofy mood.
0: We do. Oh, well, that's all right. How was your week? Uh, my week was okay, I think. Oh, well, I had sick children yeah, all week. You, and... even on your day off. Yes. And I was... don't know who you have to talk to about that. But... Uh, I need to speak to the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had sick kids starting on like Halloween. Yeah. And had them all home on Monday. And I had to stay home from work. And then they were all home on Tuesday. So my mom came. I and... think I might live with the host the host of the illness, disease, the yeah. sick child. Yeah, was you a had real sick, bad cough. Yes, you had sick children as well. So it was uh, a lot. Yeah. But and then actually, just when I thought everyone was getting better, Jude uh, had a really terrible cough. So then he had to stay him and Claire stayed home on Friday. So then my mom watched them again. So yeah. it was an exhausting week. And it's hard
1: because like And I'm not a parent, so maybe this is, like, a non-parent talking, but, like, why do kids
0: want to be so close to you when they're not well? I mean, literally, like, (laughs) I think the first... Like, I don't want to breathe any air of a sick person. No. Like, the night that they were all sick, I had four kids in my bed. Yeah. And I had Jude pressed up against me, and he Mm -hmm. had a fever, so I was, like, snuggling a furnace. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They just want to be, like, directly on top of you.
1: Yeah, but like, but you do it because you love them. Well, yeah.
0: And, but they all got tested. They're all negative for COVID. Yeah. So that's good at least, but... um, And was
1: Halloween fun? Because we skipped last week because I was away. True.
0: Uh, Halloween was okay. Uh, My parents came and we walked around. We basically did like our entire block and then the twins were done. And they were over it. So my dad stayed home with them and then I took the girls and their friend and we cheated and drove. Listen, I heard it was cold. It was freezing. Yeah, so so we drove around. Best decision I've ever made. I don't yeah. know why I haven't done it every Halloween. Um, I just like slowly drove alongside of them while they walked, and then when they were too cold, they jumped in the car. And, yeah, and then they ended up getting a crap load of candy. So and a cold and a cold. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So it was good. But I went to my acupuncturist on Friday. And that was amazing because I love her so much and I just had like the crate, like I was exhausted, felt like I was getting the kids germs. Yeah. And so she fixed me up and she did this thing and I think you're going to be grossed out by it, but she gave me ear seeds. Do you know I what hate ear everything seeds are? about what you're saying right now. <laughs> Tell me everything. They are these little... No. Is it in there now? It is. Can you see? Ooh. It's like a little seed attached to a piece of, I don't know, tape. And your ears have like thousands of pressure points. So she just put these seeds on either side of like the inside of my ear. Stop it. And it's supposed to help with like a number of things mm-hmm. like chronic pain and fatigue and and all sorts of stuff. Like <laughs> what kind of seeds? I think they're just like plastic, like they're not, they're not, oh, like nothing's okay. going to grow.
1: Right. You're not like a chia pet.
0: No, except I did see a funny uh, thing on, because you can buy them on Amazon. So one of the reviews was that the person planted it and a ear did not grow out of it. And so they <laughs> <laughs> felt like it was false advertising. Right. But, um. but yeah, actually, and she is lovely and she wants to be on our podcast. Yeah, that's great. As I'm long as she doesn't excited. approach me with ear seeds. She might. We'll do an on-air ear seating. Do you know one time... (laughs) An Instagram Live.
1: Yeah. One time, I like love acupuncture. I've been going for years, but I went to this one and he forgot a needle in in the top of my head. Oh my gosh. And I used to go from work. I just had to run across the street to it and... I and love you that. went back
0: to work with a needle in your head.
1: Yeah. And somebody was like, What's that? <laughs> I was like,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> oh,
1: awkward. They always put one right between my eyes. Yeah. That's it's like where the she does one. too. Yeah. I it's like, like that. Like your third
0: eye or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah. Right in the eye. I love acupuncture. It's so relaxing. It is just like, and then she does cupping too, like on my oh, back yeah, I after, love that. and it's mm-hmm. great.
1: The only thing I. I have a hard time sitting still. Yeah. And my acupuncturist Lisa will like stab me full of needles. Yeah, and then leave. And then be like, Okay, I'll be back in a little bit. And yeah. I'm just like, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do now? Because you they're in my hands. Yeah. So I can't be on my phone.
0: Yeah. I true. really
1: struggle with it. You just lay there. I hate it. Yeah. Uh yeah, the week before we went to Winnipeg.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we had a sick kiddo with a terrible cough for a few days mm-hmm. and then I experienced my first all-nighter kid up all night
0: yeah
1: I don't know if we talked about this in that I don't I think we did the intro before but Lindsay's poor little boy was throwing up Uh and Lindsay had to work at 6 a.m. the next day and I was like okay like I'll work from home so I can be a little more tired yeah like I've got more flexibility yeah so I tried to let her sleep, but he was up every hour crying. Ugh. And I think because he had a fever, you know, when you're like having that like fever dream. Oh, you're where like you're, delirious. You're delirious yeah. and you're, you fall asleep. But then he said he would have a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did the, like, I was the caregiver. Ugh, and yeah. at one point I had him like sitting against my chest yeah. and we were like working on some calming breathing techniques oh my gosh. and then I was like why don't we put on some cozy jammies because he just wanted to sleep in his clothes Oh, okay. but like jeans are probably not the most comfortable no. thing so no. convinced him to do that and then I was like playing with his hair yeah. and I was like I don't think I'm like a maternal person like this like I was trying really hard yeah. and then I read about Pete the Cat mm-hmm. I read all the stories mm-hmm. and then finally at like 12 30 a.m. I was like I asked Lindsay if we had any kids Tylenol because he said his head was hurting yeah and I was like I've been throwing up so bad that my head hurts yeah that makes the throwing up worse and so like no wonder he's crying mm-hmm. and so she said no so I was like I'm gonna run to 7-eleven so I run to 7-eleven this worker of 7-eleven had the audacity to try to hit on me while well, I'm like in my pajamas, frazzled. Were you not wearing your flag? No, I <laughs> forgot it at home because I was frazzled and no makeup. And I'm buying children's. Yeah. I bought like gravel, liquid Tylenol and something else. Yeah. Like what do I know? Chloroform. Chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> um, sir, where's your chloroform? And so then I go back and like Lindsay's like asleep. So yeah. When she said they don't have Tylenol, I, we weren't communicating because she was oh, asleep. Okay. And then I did not know that he has like PTSD over liquid children's Tylenol. Oh Lord. And so I was like, okay, bud. And I was like, you know, I like poured it. And then it was like a full meltdown. And then I started melting down because I was like, what else can I do for you? Yeah. I've been
0: in that situation where, you know, either your baby's up all night and you're like, you're so patient and you're trying all the things. And then it's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, and you have to step away because otherwise... Yeah. There'll be two people crying.
1: Yeah, Lindsay woke up. She's like, what's happening? And I'm like, well, I went to 7-Eleven and I got Tylenol. And and she was like, oh, no. She's like, I didn't tell you that, that he does not take children's Tylenol well. Oh, my gosh. And that then sucks. she pulled the parental, I swear to God, if you don't take this Tylenol right now. Yeah. And then he did and he fell asleep. And then she had to get up like an hour later and go to work, oh, and God. then I had to wake up and start working. And then he woke up at eight a.m. and was like, "I feel great," and I was like, "I am so happy for you." And I never appreciated how
0: frustrating it is. Uh huh. Like kids can just be sick and then feel great. Oh yeah, and you're like still in. You're still like yeah, exhausted I was, and yeah, and traumatized. I was, like, I've never and, been so happy for you. Yeah. Please get out of my face. Yeah. Yeah, I can't look at you right now.
1: Yeah. So we just had like a house. We were worried that one of us was going to get a Mm -hmm. cough and not be able to fly. But luckily we avoided it. Yeah. And we went to Winnipeg and we went to surprise Lindsay's friend. For her birthday in Enola, Manitoba. Anola. Wow. This cute little farming town. I
0: know you saw all the animals. I saw all the animals. Was so
1: cute. They um, run a vegan animal sanctuary. And so that's cute. They rescue animals that come from like not great Aww. situations and, and they, they have, don't eat them. And they don't eat them. That's, that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I we like had a bonfire and it was really nice and I got to feed goats and a cow named Van. and Aww. No, but it was so cute and I actually really want to have them on our show. Yeah. To talk about... How they got into how this. How they got into this. Absolutely. And they just have this sanctuary and then they have, they just rescued these two horses that were like up for auction at a glue factory. oh
0: no Do they they still do that
1: yeah it's a thing and really and i was like well why were they like what was wrong with them like why were they up for auction to go get slaughtered and she said one was just um had never been handled or worked with and it's just three which is really young for a horse and so it was difficult they couldn't sell it and then the other one was like a family horse and the price of wheat went up and they like couldn't afford it and so he's just
0: like, I don't know, 20-year-old horse. What? <laughs> just, what? I just had this terrible thought that, like, if you send them to the glue factory, do you just get, like, a case of glue? <laughs> <laughs> you are terrible.
1: And I hope they never hear this episode. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Like, if you get a cut of the glue. Anyway, you're the worst! <laughs>
0: hold it together sorry that was bad i have a funny story about a horse i know we're running long now but uh. my friend at work her brother was going to buy a horse for his kids like a kid friendly horse so they go and not see not this... for their crafts glue no no okay <laughs> to ride right so they go and see this horse it's like super docile like super chill awesome for kids like mm-hmm. they ride it around it's like amazing yeah they go to pick up the horse the next day and it is and they get it home and this horse is crazy did they drug it they drugged <gasps> the horse to sell it this horse like bucked the adult like off into a field buck off is what he probably <laughs> said <laughs> So this oh guy God. knew that this horse was like out of control yeah. and wanted to get rid of it mm-hmm. and drugged it <gasps> and purposely advertised it as a horse for children. <laughs> 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 like, I'm glad no children were hurt, but like, that's really funny. That's
1: <laughs> That is terrible because that sets that horse up for failure.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> I want a shirt that says buck off. Buck off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, that's what I think is very funny about this whole situation that just happened was that you thought I was terrible for talking about a horse being turned into glue, but you were laughing about the fact that a horse could buck off children. <laughs> <laughs> and if that is not like exactly us, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's really amazing. We just have so much to catch up on because we were, uh, we missed last week i know so november is my birthday month <gasps> and bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Lindsay is so sweet and she surprised me with a hot tub that's amazing like a rental yeah because we were like we should get a hot tub and then we looked into it they're and they're so expensive at least twelve thousand dollars yes and we were like, oh, okay, maybe not. And then I was like, oh, that's too bad. It would have been so nice to like yeah. sit in a hot tub. Yeah. Um, but you can rent them. That's For amazing. the month. But I have to say this story because on our Instagram stories the other yesterday, I commented something funny about asking a husband for help because this guy called Lindsay and he's like, okay, so I'm going to drop off this hot tub. We're yeah. coming at whatever time. Um, And then do you have a hose? And she said, yeah, we got an extra long hose because you have to, to get hot water, you have to hook it up to your washing machine hot water mm-hmm. and then run the hose. So it, was like it wasn't her hose. like saying
0: that you're the hoe.
1: <laughs> I mean, it could have been. I have many hoes. And <laughs> and this guy was like, okay, uh, you have a husband there that can help you? Oh, And she was like, nope, but I'm pretty sure I could figure it out. And he's like, well, I don't know. It can be pretty tricky <gasps> because you're going to have, and he was like trying to mansplain. No,
0: no. Uh-
1: putting a hose on to into a
0: tub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's very difficult. Yeah.
1: And then everything that like, she, he was like, okay, well, where are you putting it? And she was like, well, I thought on this deck here and he's like, well, you're not going to sweep it off. It's full of leaves. You got to leave in here. Like he just oh. was like mansplaining everything. And he was just disappointed in her the entire time.
0: That she then... didn't have a husband.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he was like, well, I don't know what you're going to do if this happened. Like, sir sir back off yeah i am woman hear me roar yeah and then he was like oh you got kids and dogs well i don't know you can't let them you know mess around make sure they're not you know jumping in and oh a rally. it was just anyway the hot tub is lovely 10 out of 10 do not recommend this man no kidding and his sweet wife who i guess was trying to help and was just trying to like chit chat with Lindsay the whole time and well yeah because just, her
0: husband does everything for her yeah Ugh, I know. Not cool.
1: It's been 18 minutes. We should get on
0: with the show. All right. I'll try to cut this down. Uh, this week, we've talked with Sarah. Yeah. It's a caregiver, it's interesting that we were talking about that earlier, that we were caregivers to our children. Yeah. But in a very small scale, considering yeah. what she does. All anyway, right. let's get into All it. All right. Okay, Bye. Bye. <laughs>
1: Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. I know. I just said good morning. It's afternoon for you. It's kind of morning for us. I should never say the time of day it is. I should just be like, hello. Hey. Yeah. (laughs) Well, happy Sunday, I'll say, because it is Sunday.
2: Yes. Happy Sunday to you guys, too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Of course. How's your day going? Pretty normal day around here. My little one's got a cough, but other than that, it's football season in the US. We are, my husband and my oldest son are big football fans. Um, so I've got wings in the crock pot and pizza in the fridge. And natural.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I guess. Cause it's every Sunday is like football day, isn't it?
2: Yes. And that is, that's always been kind of a fun thing for my family. Um, we like to yell at the TV and watch football. <laughs> in the living room. Um, yeah, that sounds you know, perfect. Yeah, drink a beer, watch TV, yell at it. Because they can definitely hear you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My husband's usually yelling at the refs, and I'm usually just yelling at – I don't know why I'm yelling. Sometimes I'm just yelling at the players. (laughs) (laughs) And my son loves all sports, so he'll be cheering on both teams. And um, if the team he really – his favorite team is the Patriots. We're from New England. And if uh. they lose, he cries. Oh and no, he
0: oh, no.
2: cries. That's <laughs> so sad. He's gotten, he's gotten better about it the past year because they've lost more since Tom Brady left. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, oh, funny. that's kind of he's he's kind of getting used to his team losing now. Where before it's like he'd only want his team lose a handful of times.
1: <laughs> Hard life lessons. Yes, for uh, sure.
2: Character building. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes. I don't know if it's football season here. That tells you how much I know about sports. Uh, I don't. I think it's the same everywhere. I think yeah, it's starting. I think it
0: is. Yeah, we don't know. It feels like a fall type of. None thing. of my kids are really into sports, so and my your husband, husband wasn't. Was well, he, he wasn't. He wasn't into football, um, but he was into hockey. So we always knew when hockey was happening.
1: Oh, I never understood yelling at the TV until I started watching uh, the CrossFit Games. And because I do CrossFit, and then I was like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah. I'd be screaming at somebody. Oh my gosh. And then I, like, suddenly one day I was like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah, okay, <laughs> this is pretty fun. But before I was like, I didn't get it at all.
2: Yeah, no, I was never a big yell at the TV person again until we started getting into our really heavy football riffs here in this family. So (laughs)
1: that's (laughs) awesome. Wow. Well, we're so excited to talk to you today. Um, You are a fellow podcaster. So we we got talking to you just about podcasting and found that you've got like a really interesting story to share. So why don't you start by introducing yourself, tell us like a little bit about your family, and then we'll get into your story.
2: Okay. So my name is Sarah Stelmack-Brown. I am the host of Caregiver Chronicles podcast. I have two boys on the autism spectrum. My oldest son, Remy, is 10, and he requires a significant less amount of support than my younger son, Joey, who is six, who is nonverbal, is cognitively impaired, still in diapers. Uh, My husband and I are just, we have to team parent. I depend on him just as much as he depends on me for raising the children. Um, Up until very recently, I worked in healthcare as a nurse's aide. I had that job for about, the job that I was in in an assisted living facility, I worked there for about 10 years. And prior to that, I had an additional seven to eight years experience as a nurse's aide. Um, my husband works in media. We worked opposite shifts throughout the entire pandemic. Also during that time, I took care of my, or I helped my mom with care for my grandmother who had dementia. And oh, I helped wow. my mom with support for that. I also prior to having children, help supported my grandfather with his journey of dementia and heart failure, being the family caregiver, being the person who worked in healthcare in the family. So I'm always taking care of someone else. No matter what I'm doing, I'm, I'm almost always taking care of someone else. And I have that personality of always putting other people's needs first, which is a very good thing, but can cause some hardships with me mentally and emotionally.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah like absolutely. who takes care of
2: sarah sarah well my husband jeremy does um <laughs> <laughs> good
1: good jeremy thank
2: you <laughs> without him i probably wouldn't i probably wouldn't be talking to you guys wow. he is my again we have to be a team like and he is my person that when my day is the worst i talk to him and we sit down and we just whatever it is we're going through we're in it together
0: mm-hmm.
2: i'm very lucky and very grateful for him Oh. You know, it has to be that way with our family.
1: How did you guys meet?
2: <laughs> um, actually, we met on MySpace. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that's the best! That's amazing. He he, uh, messaged me. I was working at the time. I was I was a home care nurse aide, and I just got out of like a two year relationship. And he messaged me on MySpace, and I, and he was like, "I'd like," he's like, "Your stories are funny." He's like I'd like to get to know you more and I'm like what do you want to know and I was expecting him to respond with something inappropriate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and he didn't. He was like oh what are your hobbies what do you do for work? Just like general questions you'd ask a person. You're like <laughs> oh like you oh. actually want to get to know me. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, I had I had questions about undergarments from other men. And yeah. That was not him. It was it was very just like genuine and um I actually remember our first date in person I was really nervous because he was very smart and very kind and when I met him I looked as soon as I saw him I was like if this nerd tries anything I could break him in half (laughs) 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 that was that was my first impression of him and he was just very sweet I had a really good time with him yeah we've just been together ever since wow that's amazing. That's really
1: cute. I feel like anybody younger than 30 is probably like, what's MySpace? Yeah. And I feel like that just goes to show like creeps on the internet aren't just a new thing. They've been around since <laughs> before MySpace probably. Well, true. I had I, I had AOL growing up. Yeah. And that was like the yeah. original like chat room. To be clear, you're not calling
0: her husband a creep. No, 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 no. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like your
1: expectation was like, oh. Yeah.
0: What's yeah. this weirdo going to ask me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. Wow, that's great. And so yeah, what has it been like parenting? I guess I don't I don't know much about autism spectrum. Can you maybe talk about what it was like with your
2: first kiddo going through that process of getting diagnosed? Absolutely. Well, my oldest son, we missed, we completely missed his diagnosis. We didn't get him diagnosed till after our younger son was diagnosed. Mm. Oh, wow. Yes. And that's actually very common. And the reason for that is my older son hit all of his milestones on time, except for talking. He was a little bit delayed with that, but everything Mm. else, he hit all of his milestones on time. He was highly intelligent. He still is highly intelligent. He's 10 years old, he's in the 5th grade and he knows the Fibonacci sequence and just, you know, oh my God, um, I, don't I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I, I was like, "Oh, wow, that's
1: <laughs> impressive. I don't even know what that is."
2: He yeah, he memorized like the first 14 digits of pi and just like just like oh a very gosh. Small so we kind of took his idiosyncrasies as it's just because he's really smart. He struggles with social stuff. We also, in our friend group, we were the first couple to have a child. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't see differences. I didn't have a lot of kids or I didn't really know a lot of other parents. So I didn't have a lot of kids to compare him to. I didn't have a lot of, I had no idea what the hell I was doing with him. Um, Still don't. But... <laughs> <laughs> But with our first son, um, it wasn't until we had our, our son, Joey, that we noticed there was a significant delay in milestones with him, with everything from crawling to vocalizations to eye contact to sounds. And at that point, all of our friends started having kids or had kids around the same age as Joey. And we were noticing big differences between Joey and his peers and kids his age. So we pursued the... Well, we pursued uh, birth to three services is what they have here or early intervention. When we pursued that, they had been coming for about three weeks and it was mostly because of the speech delay. And they had been coming for about three weeks. They put a list of seven things in front of us that were signs that your child could be on the autism spectrum, early signs. He was... 15 months old at this time. Six out of seven of the things on the list applied to him. The seventh thing only really didn't apply to him because he hadn't quite hit the age where that was a thing yet. Mm. Um, Oh, wow. So what were some of those things? Offhand eye contact was the biggest one. um, Mm. Responding to name, you know, looking at other kids, imaginative play, copying um, or not copying. There was Um, showing signs of interest, pointing at things, using toys appropriately, things like that were all on that list.
1: Okay, wow, that's got to be really hard as a parent. Was it you that noticed it right away? Or did somebody indicate to you that they might have noticed something?
2: I noticed a drop in vocalizations, because he was making sounds. He was making a vocalization that sounded like brother. And then he got sick with croup. And we thought because he had croup, part of croup can be laryngitis. Mm. So we thought like it was related to that at first. And it was kind of it kind of like a couple weeks went by and he still wasn't making vocalizations. So I'm like, you know what? I need to call his doctor. And my husband agreed because it was like he went from making sounds that sounded like words to just crying. Aww. And sorry, how old was he at this point? He was about thirteen months old, okay, Wow, so he was a little over a year old. um, and we took him to the doctor, and the doctor did the birth to three assessment and said, "I really think you should have you know birth to three, also known as early intervention, in your home." We got them in, and I almost kind of knew. I don't know how I knew, but I almost, you know how you just sometimes, you know, before you know, Yes, I I almost knew about nine months that there was something off with Joey that, that wasn't where he wasn't with his peers. And he was, he was behind. And I didn't want to overwhelm myself with that thought. I really Mm -hmm. thought maybe I'm just being paranoid. I have ADHD. Maybe, maybe he's just he just has ADHD. And, you know, my grandmother had a learning disability, my uncle had a learning disability, maybe it's just something like that. And and he'll be okay. Um, which mm-hmm. he is okay. And I'm very grateful that he's physically okay. It's just cognitively, I just never expected to be where I'm at today with him cognitively. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And what was that like getting going through that process? I don't know. I think I don't have kids. But I just, when you I imagine when you have a kid, you just think, They'll just be atypical or they'll be typical. They'll hit all these milestones. Like, I don't know. You just have this picture of their life for them. And that's changed when you get news that they're going to be atypical.
2: Yes. And um, in the beginning, I was actually very, very optimistic, even though I knew that I knew enough about autism to know that autism is a spectrum. And I'd actually worked in home care prior to this with children who were on the autism spectrum, um, older children on the autism spectrum when I was a nurse's aide and I did home care, I never had a lot of training with autism. So I really struggled to understand and work with these kids. And I used to beg them to take me off pediatric cases just because Yeah, I struggled. Yeah, I know. How's that for what goes around, comes around
1: or <laughs> the universe was like, okay, but hold on. <laughs>
2: yeah, we, we had a plan for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I never really understood autism. So as we're going through this process, of getting him diagnosed, which was, it it took a long time. We had to have, you know, it was it was a whole day of evaluation. It was, we had to get a hearing test on. We had to go through the birth of three first, the insurance authorizations and approvals and all that fun stuff. I don't know why. I just felt like I kind of knew and I'd been doing a lot of research and I felt very optimistic because I was seeing a lot of things about a lot of people being diagnosed on the spectrum, getting early intervention and having a great outcome as an adult. And you know, Mm -hmm, being functional mm -hmm. adults, which absolutely 100% does happen. In the meantime, the more I learned about autism, the more I saw things in my older son. And I remember Mm -hmm. telling my husband, babe, this doesn't describe Joey, but this describes Remy. Oh my gosh. So it wasn't long after Joey's diagnosis that Remy started having problems in school. We've we've, uh, spoke to his teachers and things like that. And uh, we put him in for an evaluation as well. It took them about a year and a half to get him from the day we applied to get the evaluation from the day we got the referral to the time we got the evaluation. It took them about a year and a half to get him the appointment. Again, it was another two day appointment. And he also had the diagnosis confirmation, like the confirmation wow. of diagnosis for autism, also ADHD, um, oppositional defiant disorder and anxiety. For my older son. Oh my goodness. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> and did it feel like a relief to get a diagnosis because
2: it just gives you a clear path forward? Honestly, it didn't. Both times I cried. I'm not an emotional yeah. person. Yeah. It felt like a punch in the gut. Even though I knew what they were going to say both times, it hurt. It hurt to hear because I knew that everything was going to be harder for them than it was for me, my husband, and everyone else. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so hard. How did your husband – because I know that, you know, parents can obviously have different feelings either. I know with my husband, he'd be like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like you're worrying too much. Did he kind of act that way or did he agree that, you know, there was something that needed to be looked into?
2: Honestly, he was on board with everything. He was, and he still is at every appointment you know, he Mm. was there for it. He made sure that he could be there. If he wasn't at the appointment, I was at the appointment, you know, or whatever, or we were both there. He's been incredible. He's been, again, he's been just an incredible support and an incredible resource. I did get some not so positive feedback from my family when we're initially going through all this. My dad was very much like, oh, they just don't play with their kids enough. Or my mom, my mom was just like, well, You know, Remy's really smart. He can't have autism if he's smart. And just you know, a lot of mis a lot of misconceptions and misinformation. I'm very fortunate. My sister's a special education teacher. Oh, okay. Very fortunate to have her step in and help with the correct information. And I have to say, with my parents and my family, my extended family who didn't understand this, the change in them over the past few years has been tremendous. I was recently camping with my dad. And he was educating his friends about autism almost as well Aww. as I could. He was explaining wow. to them how it affects Joey differently than Remy and where we were at, what we've done. And yeah, I was super proud of my dad in that moment. And for the longest time, he was a little he he had a hard time accepting it. He had a hard time accepting mm-hmm. the grandchild named after him was different, you know? Yeah. It was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a rough patch in the beginning, but we did get through it. Yeah. Him.
1: That's amazing. And I think just, I don't know, that generation of like yes. our parents' age, because a lot of their arguments that I've heard is like, well, there was no autism when I was a kid. Yeah. Well,
0: there was no ADHD when I was a kid. Or everyone is being di- diagnosed with something these days. Like yeah. it seems, you know, obviously it's so much more prevalent now, but it's because they weren't doing the testing or they were brushing it off as yeah. something else,
2: right? Yeah. Exactly. My dad and my mom, my family actually, we're a prime example of that. When I was seven and I got diagnosed with ADHD, my mom was learning about how to raise a child with ADHD and mm-hmm. noticing things with my dad. And my dad ended up getting diagnosed with ADHD as well. So oh, wow! Oh, but after my diagnosis, which is also something that's happening now more with kids on the spectrum is that's mm-hmm. where the parents are learning, hey, wait a minute, I have this too. This is why yeah. I feel weird, you know, or why I feel different, or whatever. So it's not it, like you said, it's not that it doesn't didn't exist. It's that there just wasn't enough testing and resources. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it could be explained away almost as you know anything really. Yeah, anything especially but with yeah. my
2: older son, he's just awkward. He's just really smart, and really smart people are awkward. All yes. That. Yeah or with my younger son. Oh, well, you know, the parents are always working. They just don't spend enough time playing with them. Um, right. Which none of that was really true, but And so what does what do their
1: therapies look like? What is And I don't know if treatment is the right word because I feel like treatment implies that
2: there's like a cure, but what do like therapies to make them the most successful look like? So you're correct on therapies. There there is no treatment or cure for autism. Most people with autism who are adults who I've spoken with autistic adults just to get their perspective, do not want to be cured or treated. Um, Mm -hmm. Therapy, however, is more like coping mechanisms. Um, Mm -hmm. My oldest son is in, he is only in counseling. He just sees a counselor every other week because he struggles with social and emotional skills. That's, that's really what he needs. He has social and emotional support skill groups at school as well that he works on. My younger son was in behavioral therapy When he first got diagnosed, 15 hours a week. Wow. He was also receiving speech therapy. He currently gets maybe two hours a week of behavioral therapy. He's in an intensive learning special education program at school. He has a one-on-one para who's working with him. He gets speech, physical therapy, and occupational therapy in school. Uh, Speech is three times a week. OT is once a week. And PT is once a week at school. At home, wow. he gets speech twice a week for 45 minutes. He also gets OT and he'll be getting physical therapy as well pretty soon. Wow. Was any of that put on hold during COVID? Uh, <laughs> so, um, at one point, almost everything was. So, during COVID, my husband was working in, or he still is working in media. Again, I was working in healthcare as a nurse's aide in an assisted living facility. I had the most vulnerable.
0: Wow. population
2: that I was responsible for. School stopped and I have a child who you can put a laptop in here, go learn something. And he loved, he loved it. He was like, okay, mm-hmm. sure. You know, I'll just do whatever, try to fly through the lessons. Fine. Or you seem to love it. And then I had the child who I could not get to sit down for his mm-hmm. lesson.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Home behavioral therapy stopped. School stopped as a matter of fact for joey's classes in the beginning for preschool they didn't even have in person like they didn't even have zoom sessions for him it was just not worth the stress um we had every virtual ABA session the only thing that didn't stop was the outside physical occupational speech therapy we were very fortunate that we were able to take him to all of those therapies except for times where we had to quarantine or, you know, he was sick. He was able to go to all of those with a mask. Well, he would wear a mask until he got into the room. Mm -hmm. Still something we're working on with him. But there was a time where I was working outside of the home second shift. My husband was working outside of the home third shift. We were trying to balance doing Joey's therapy and schoolwork with Remy's work and taking him to appointments because we increased our outside appointments that were available at that time because he wasn't getting them in school. I was watching the people I take took care of in the assisted living facility. I was watching them all in isolation, just, mm. you know, cognitively and physically decline. I was watching uh. my kid, my, my youngest son, I was watching him go back. I was getting reports from my oldest son that he wasn't keeping up with his schoolwork as well as he could be.
0: Mm-hmm. I was watching him
2: go backwards And then I was hearing about my grandmother, who had Alzheimer's at the time, who was also declining. So I was just watching everybody fail. And that's, I mean, there's no other way to put it than that, unfortunately. Yeah. I had a breakdown. I don't, I I just, my mind failed. My husband was stressed out from work. He was, you know, he works in media. It was, it's not, it hasn't been an easy time, especially in the United States
1: yes, yes. Asia,
2: 2020 there was so much tensions and it was just yeah was i know just- all of
1: us up here in canada were always like um us are you guys okay
2: <laughs> you've okay no. had a few years of a lot of
0: stuff <laughs> no <laughs> yeah short answer no <laughs> crying. that's so hard i mean of course you had a breakdown i mean how could you not like that's that's so heavy and like what is your support system like
2: well at that time it was hard because i had stopped counseling for me because i had no time right uh, yeah there were days where it was just it was popcorn for lunch or dominoes because there was just no time yeah um, i tried to cut back hours because i had my kids home all the time i have to work with them and people were leaving my job like coworkers were quitting and they needed more help. So I ended up working more hours. And it was just, I don't know, I had, I ended up having, when I had my breakdown, I, um, I did get back into counseling, I told my son's counselor, for my older son is also my counselor. And so I paused for a minute at the beginning of his virtual session. And I said, I need to tell you something really quick before you talk to Remy. And I told her about my situation. And she was like, I'll see you Monday.
0: <laughs> um,
2: she was like, I have time Monday. I'll talk to you Monday. And, you know, I have, I was in a support group for parents with children with special needs. And that wasn't going on. But I did reach out to the leader. I did eventually, when I stopped crying, I was able to talk to my mom. And mm. she was like, okay, she was like, this is what I can do. And, you know, I went into work just like a cup or the next day, just like, shaking like still from the breakdown I had the day before and my boss was like okay I can give you four days off once a month for the next month that was yeah four days off in a row once a month for the next two months. wow that was my um vacation summer of 2020 oh Uh, my gosh so I was fortunate that one of the four-day weekends that I had off my mom took the boys god bless her she was trying to take care of my grandmother with Alzheimer's and my kids and my husband and I did the best we could to have a pandemic safe night out um Mm -hmm. which wasn't easy it involved outdoor dining walking around the neighborhood and coming back home and drinking beer and playing a game with the Alexa
0: (laughs) (laughs) whatever works
2: yeah yeah and it was just but it was just like that was probably one of the best because it was it really just like reconnected us where normally we probably would have gone to like a bar or club Mm -hmm. or you know met up with friends it was just the two of us and it was a little more I don't know it was the first time we led like really had time together to like laugh and try to have fun in months so yeah
0: I think that's part of the pandemic that a lot of people kind of forgot about because if they're not in that community they wouldn't Realize that, like, the support that you get from other people and other parents who have, you know, children who are on the autism spectrum, that all that support or all those groups went away. I think not a lot of people know, like, really understand that part of it.
2: Absolutely. That's the biggest thing is the support network. Even just, I don't know, I can't, this is a little hard to explain. The support network, when they were in home, like, when the therapists were in my home and working with us. If something was like when my, my uncle passed away unexpectedly and I had a Christmas ornament from him that I was trying to find and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I went back to my mom's, my husband was home with my son doing the therapy and he was like frantically searching for this ornament. Cause it meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. The therapists were working with my son, but they were also trying to help him find the ornament. Aww. Um, like, and my other son, when he was being bullied, they didn't work with him, but when they heard the phone conversation with the teacher and the school about what we're going to do with the bullying, they were like, okay, this is what you can do. These are your rights. These are, you know, and so it was just like, they weren't just there for, like, they were there for Joey, but they weren't just there for Joey. They were there for all of Mm us, and I was very grateful for them, and I still am very grateful for them, and I'm still, like I said, we still communicate virtually or, like, via phone, but Well, ABA is back in home, unfortunately, right now because they've had so many staffing changes. It's only once a week. Right. So yeah, it's just all of that stuff. Everything's like nothing's back to normal yet, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, What is normal anyway?
2: I mean. Anymore, yeah. yeah. When,
1: how old was Remy when he was diagnosed? It was a week before his seventh
2: birthday. We did tell him.
1: Oh, and how did that go?
2: He was, he was afraid that he was not going to be able to Talk. He was afraid that he was going to lose his ability to talk. We had explained to him that he was normally he doesn't shut up. Um, <laughs> and so we explained to him that he was well past that, like like oh. he able to talk forever, and that you know there's a chance that Joey might be able to talk someday. And he was like, okay. And once he realized that, he was like, okay. And we explained to him that autism for him looked more like it meant he struggled with making friends. Right. And how is he done with social things? Like, does he have a
1: connection with friends?
2: We have him in activities. Um, We've had him in Cub Scout since he was old enough to join. So kindergarten, he's been in Scouts. He's made some Scout friends that way who are really good friends of his. He has made friends through camping. He's made friends through sports. Right now he's in cross country. He wants to do band we had two little girls who lived behind us for a little while who he's made good friends with and he connects with them. We've been working on that relationship building. The school also has like again peer groups and peer social groups that they've got him in and so he's getting better with making friends. He's an old soul a little bit. He likes yeah. he doesn't like anything from music past 2010.
0: <laughs> same
2: Those <laughs> are his words exactly uh he liked the beatles nirvana and lincoln park and oh, oh my awesome. god <laughs> <laughs> i know he's got good taste in music yeah he does yeah but he's like he like has a hard time relating to kids his age and mm-hmm. you know eventually that should level out so i'm not too over i'm not too stressed out by that i try really hard to keep him again with social groups with inactivities where he's talking to and spending time with other kids so
1: wow and then so is his future for remy is it i never know the right words like is it i guess like what does his future look like in terms of independence and living in society independently i guess
2: i am confident that remy will be able to independently and functionally live in society i'm super super confident with him. With Joey, I, I'm not giving up, but I am preparing myself mentally for the possibility of some kind of other long-term care solution, maybe a great right. or something like that. Cause how old is he now? Joey is six. Remy is 10.
1: Okay. And so, so for Joey, he's nonverbal. He, you said he wears a diaper.
2: Yeah. He's still not continent. Potty training is just not a thing that's he's really been doing. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, regardless of our best attempts, it's just not happening at home. He's yeah. had some success at school, but he just can't match that at home. He uses an, we call it an AAC device, but it's an iPad he uses to communicate um, where he can communicate some things, but not everything. He can say, I want cookies or I want a juice box. Um, He doesn't always use that appropriately. He knows about five signs and he can say a few words. He can sign more, all done, eat, drink. I can't remember the fifth sign. Those are the four main ones that he uses a lot. Oh, he can sign help.
1: That's got to be so critical for him because I, I imagine it's so frustrating for him not to have that communication ability Mm -hmm. and so to have sort of a couple of different options of ways that he can get across what he needs or wants
2: yes um unfortunately though these we don't have all the communication paths open yet he still can't communicate if he's not feeling well um right now he has he has a cold he has had kind of like a fever and a cough on and off we did get him tested for covid we're waiting for the results he isn't yeah you know, it's, I don't know how sick he actually is when he gets a fever. I don't know if he has a headache. I don't know if he has an earache. I don't know if he has a sore throat because he can't communicate that yet. Yeah. He just learned last year to touch his nose. Oh, wow. So just last year, he learned to touch his nose at five. Wow. Wow. That's how behind he is. And, you know, we're, like I said, despite our best efforts, we're still working on things, but it's, there's, there's been a lot of meltdowns. There's been a lot of, bad moments. There's been a lot of, a lot from that. Um, There's, there's sleepless nights, especially with autism. For some reason, he struggles to sleep. There's nights where I can't figure out why he won't go to sleep. I can't make him sleep. And Mm -hmm. um, I actually have, is it okay if I share a funny story? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's actually not funny. It's traumatic, but it's funny.
1: Oh, oh, (laughs) to us, that's like one in the same.
2: (laughs) Okay. So actually this is a few months ago. And, uh, this is actually why I decided to leave my job and why I decided I need to just stay home. Joey was going through a sleep regression. Anytime he was in or out of school, he would start school or end school. He would have a sleep regression and he had not start. He, school had just ended. So it was last June and, um, we were waiting for summer school to start back up and he had, he was going through a sleep regression and I'd worked, I'd worked till like 11 or something. I get home at 1130, take a shower, go to bed. And about one o'clock, he wakes up. He was up from 1 p.m. until 11 o'clock the next night. And um, in that time frame, that he was up all night, I had been up all day taking with him. I had been up all night at work because I'd worked three to 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then I had maybe gotten a half hour of sleep. So I was up with him. Mostly, we're watching TV. We're not. We're not doing anything crazy at four in the morning, you know. <laughs> not. We're watching TV. We're in our pajamas, you know. He's just being Joey. And at some point during this morning, I fell. I fell asleep in the chair. I have my house on lockdown. I have alarms. I have double locking deadbolts so he can't get out. Wow. Is he a runner? Like, yes, he is an elopement risk, and I do have a GPS tracker on him as well. And tonight, medical ID bracelet. I did it. It was probably about six. It was probably about six, six thirty in the morning that I, I fell asleep and it couldn't have been much longer than that. All of a sudden he jumps on me on the chair and I can smell poop. Oh, oh no. no. I'm like, oh no. And I look at the time and I'm like, oh, I fell asleep. It was, it was sometime, you know, it wasn't long and it's, it's, he puts his hands on me and it's all over his hands. No, has, oh, it gets worse. And he's got long, <laughs> long, curly hair, <laughs> and it's in his beautiful hair, and oh, it's all burst shirt. And his pants and his diaper are just who knows where at this point. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> his I found his diaper in the, on the floor in the kitchen. His pants were in his bedroom. Uh, there was just stuff smeared all over walls, windows, bed. So last April, we had just did a home remodel where we did new flooring in our kitchen, bathroom, living room, hallway. And we got the waterproof flooring because we figured we need it with our kids. Yeah. And we also just redid our bathroom. Our bathtub was falling apart. So we just redid it. And we had a um, one of those shower heads that, that detaches and comes off. Yeah. So I knew I needed to give him a bath. He does not like it when I give him a bath. Daddy gives him the bath, not mommy. Oh. He knows no. that. He knows that. Bathroom and a shower is at night, not in the morning. Oh, no, was morning. No. Daddy wasn't home. It was just me. And so I'm trying to clean him up. And the only way to get out and clean is, is a shower. Like I have no other choice. Yeah. So I get him in the bathroom, and it probably about three times he runs out. As, as I get him in the bathroom, he opens the door and runs out. So I have my 10 year old come and barricade the door so he couldn't. Open the <laughs> and I have the patch toes while Joey is trying to stand up against the door and I'm literally trying to wash him up standing at the door while I'm flooding the bathroom. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and my 10-year-old is going, mom, Joey's peeing everywhere. I'm like, nope, that's just shower water. It's fine. I got soap. Joey's screaming the whole time. Oh no. He's like hitting me, banging the door. I got my 10-year-old trying to hold the door shut. Anyway, I get him clean finally. I open the door. I get a diaper on him. And then I grabbed, there was like a comforter on the floor and I was like, this will work. And I just soaked up all the water from the bathroom floor with the comforter and just <laughs> threw on our laundry chute and then proceeded to clean the rest of the house. Once it was uh... done, my husband said he was going to try to come home early, but unfortunately something had happened that day and he was not able to. Once it was done, and and this was just like complete scream meltdown from Joey. My other kid was getting sensory overload. He was like trying to help me. But he was really upset, worried about his brother, yeah. worried about his mom. Um, I was just like, oh, my God, I have to get this whole house clean right now, which I, I managed to. I took a shower myself at that point. I'd ask my 10-year-old, keep your brother safe. I need to take a shower. I got out of the bathroom. I went in my room. And I just cried for, like, three oh, hours. jeez. Because, like,
1: what else crying. are you going to do? Yeah. yeah like,
2: uh, I, I mean, uh, I got through, like, the worst of the cleanup and the parts of it yeah, yeah. But after that it was just like my body was just like I can't and I cried and then I had to go to work that day <laughs>
0: oh my god
2: and I went to work and I was just like I had to I had maybe a half hour of sleep I had to give meds I was, I was a med tech I looked at the med book and it was just like I can't even read like the medications I called my boss mm-hmm. I begged her to put me on as an aide fortunately we had enough staff show up that they were able to send me home a little early that day and my boss was very kind she was like text me when you get home but then the next night it was kind of like the same situation with him but it was just like I've had more days where I've had to clean poop off of every surface in my house oh god oh that god. is so hard that's in in like it's not it, like it's funny but it's not in like yeah there's all the jokes about nurse's aids you know all you guys do is clean poop and all that stuff and yeah Thank God I have a lot of experience with it because I know how to get it out of some <laughs> of the weirdest places. Oh, my but gosh. It's just, yeah, it's and, and autism isn't the worst thing in the world. And I just want to make sure that I say that it's, mm-hmm. it's by far it's not. But it for a parent from a parent's perspective, there are days where it's just like, you know. Well, yeah, and, so. and even just being a
0: parent to a typical child is incredibly difficult hard. And so, and you have those days where you need to lock yourself in your room and cry and scream and, you know, everything is falling apart. So to deal with that, you know, to to have a child with autism where there's more challenges and then you're trying to work on top of it like yeah. it's it, it seems it's impossible in the middle of a pandemic yeah
1: well like this while is everything
0: much. else is falling apart I mean that's just crazy yeah
1: yeah what are some of the biggest I guess misconceptions or pieces you wish people were more educated on when it comes to having a kid w- on the autism spectrum
2: honestly the biggest one well there's two of them there's two really big ones that really irk me And um, I'm sorry if I'm getting controversial in this, but when people say vaccines cause autism, it pisses me off to the highest degree first of all, it's not true. Mm -hmm. Second of all, every single autistic adult hates that. They all hate that because basically what you're saying when you're saying that is I'd rather have my child have a deadly virus than autism. It's hurtful to that community. It's hurtful to them. It's hurtful to me as a mom. Because my kid is here, you know, he has struggles. They both do. They have a lot of struggles, but they're here with me. Yeah, absolutely. um, With my youngest son, he kept getting colds around the times that he would be getting those checkups because he had colds before all of his vaccines back. He still wasn't meeting the milestones. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the fact that he has a neurological disorder. Yeah,
1: mm, He was born with
2: it. Nothing caused it. He was just born with it. And the other one is when people say, Your child doesn't look autistic.
1: Mm, Right. Yeah.
2: Stop saying that. Just don't say that. I can't even, I can't even go into a justification of that. There is no physical characteristics for autism. Like with Down syndrome, there are, but with autism, there is not. So to say that is just like...
0: Well, and and what are people trying to say when they say that? Like, what is the point of saying something like that to a parent who knows their child? Why would you even say something like that?
2: Again, I don't know. I I can't speak on that. I I just know, like, every day I have an quote-unquote expert come up to me and tell me more about my child with autism than I'll ever know. Um, Yeah. Most of it doesn't apply. It's it's just, you know, it's like moms on the internet. You know, there's just not and not and please know I'm not saying this about all moms, but you know, uh-huh. there's just those really judgmental moms.
1: Yeah, um, I think so we all know
2: those moms. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, what well, you find it with you just find it with everybody with autism and it can be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. It it's yeah.
0: Actually recently I don't know if you know who um Laura Cleary is. She's big on like she was big yeah. on YouTube and yeah, she just TikTok. came on TikTok saying that her son was diagnosed with autism. On one of her videos, she said, oh, keep getting keep getting your kids vaccinated and your daughter will end up with it, too. And it's like, what? So wrong and ignorant. And like, is so- that a Jenny McCarthy thing? Isn't she? Yeah, the yeah one that she's was, the one who I feel like it was a her that. and
1: Jim Carrey. And we're like. E vaccines uh,
0: cause uh, autism. Yeah. I don't Her know. and a doctor. Yeah. Who the doctor later said, like, it's it was not wrong. true. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I still have friends who believe that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That just
0: shows you how powerful something like that can be and yeah. how, you know, miscommun- misinformation can be spread so quickly. And years and years and years after it's been disproven, people are still saying it.
2: Yeah. Ex- exactly. And that's probably the biggest you know, even like I was with a, um, a group recently just, you know, talking to some people in the community and this woman came up to me and she was like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's definitely caused by the vaccines. My friend's daughter's cousin's sister. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) And and I'm like, okay, but it's not. And, um, I don't believe that at all. And she's like, oh, well, you know, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm not a medical expert. I've only worked in healthcare, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go away. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I. It's just. It's just. And I don't even feel like arguing with those people anymore because you. Mm-hmm. You just can't. It's not worth my energy. I have enough battles to fight. I don't. I don't need to fight the vaccine debate too. And so, where did the idea for the podcast come about? Oh well, that came from my breakdown. Um, <laughs> See, good things do come from trauma. This is great. <laughs> so, I posted a story about one of my breakdowns on Facebook, on social media, just to vent. And mm-hmm. a family member said to me, "You know, you shouldn't post that stuff. It looks bad. It's it's not helpful. People think that you're just a wimp and you're crying and" And it doesn't make, paint a good light on the family and, you know, all these things. It doesn't paint a good light about your children and all these things. It was really just like, I kind of just couldn't get support. I just felt like I needed like a virtual hug that day. You know what I mean? It wasn't. No. Yeah, yeah. And also I knew that even though the story wasn't funny in that moment for me, I knew that a couple days later it would be. Mm-hmm. And I needed to share, you know, my, my bad poop experience with my child, with the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't, it actually wasn't the last one I told you about. It was a different one. But anyway. Oh God. <laughs> I told my husband, I said, you know, I said, we can't be the only ones going through the things that we're going through. We should mm-hmm. make a blog or something like that. And my husband looked at me and he goes, I love you. I am not editing your writing. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's see- why I never started a blog either. <laughs> He's like, I see how you text. I see how you write. He's like, I don't have the patience to edit that. He's like, I'm stressed out too. He's like, how about we do a podcast? Caregiver Chronicles was born. A few, you- We actually started in our truck. We recorded. We didn't have any equipment, just a cell phone. We didn't have a mic or, I mean, we had a computer, but. We just didn't have a mic or anything. We just went in our truck, recorded, and I just sat down and wrote a list of topics. And that, that was it. And that's it just, it's after my first couple episodes, a few people have reached out to me. Hey, you know, this information really helped me. Or I've been going through similar so similar situation. My family won't let me talk about it. Thank Aww. you for sharing your story.
1: There's something so. so powerful about just sharing your story because somebody will hear it and relate to it, whether or not they let you know or not. I think there's just, yeah, there's just something really powerful about that.
0: And for you to post that, like that, you know, your your family member didn't appreciate it, but you weren't posting it for her. You were posting it for other people to see and other people who are going through it to say like, okay, sh- this this was her day. It was literally crappy. Like, and she, she got through it and I can get through it too. So yeah, you weren't posting it for, you know, people to judge it. You were posting it to... To reach out to other people.
2: Yeah. I was very fortunate that when actually when I got that negative feedback from my family, another mm. friend of mine came on and like private messaged me. and was like, oh my God, I went through the same thing last week. You know, and it was just, it was just very, it was just helpful. And, Absolutely. you know, Caregiver Chronicles has given me an amazing opportunity to connect with some really incredible people. I'm so fortunate that I have so much experience caregiving, not just in my home, but outside of my home. I have a lot of experience with Alzheimer's and Mm -hmm. being able to share that experience because that's a huge group of people who are affected by that. And there's a huge group of people whose family has both children with autism and adults with Alzheimer's. And how do I balance it all? And the, the answer for that is different for everyone, but hopefully I can be some kind of guide or some kind of resource to families affected by one, the other, or both. And I think
0: it's such a great idea that, you know, the caregiver probably isn't thought of as much as the patient, right? To kind of show that other side, I think is so important.
2: Yes. Thank you. Um, I do have an episode on burnout that I've shared. It's actually one of my most listened to episodes and oh, good. Um, I'm in some nurses aid groups and this year has been, again, this past year and a half has been hell for anybody working in healthcare, mm-hmm. especially nursing homes and assisted living facilities. So I've shared that with some of them and it's, There's resources on there for that. Um, It was therapeutic for my mom to have her as a guest and talk about her transition from being a physical caregiver for my grandmother to putting my grandmother in a home and going for that advocacy role. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's the best way for people to find your podcast? So if you Google Caregiver Chronicles podcast, it's hosted by Sarah Stell Mack Brown. Um, I am on Facebook under Caregiver Chronicles. I'm also on Twitter as Carecron one and Instagram, Caregiver Chronicles 2. And we have links to our show that way. Perfect. We'll share all of that stuff in our notes.
0: And
1: yeah, and we'll tag you on Instagram. Yeah. That's great. We're so awesome. thankful that considering how busy your life is,
2: yeah. thank you so
1: much for taking time out of this day to talk to
2: us. I oh, don't know. Thank you guys so much for having me again. It's a real pleasure. You guys have an amazing show and um, I'm just super grateful for this opportunity as well.
1: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much and we'll be in touch soon. Have a great day.
2: All right. Thank you guys too. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Bye.
0: Bye. bye. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. How are you? I'm great. I know. <laughs> so much has changed since we talked five seconds ago. <laughs> uh,
1: Sarah, thank you so much for being so, like, open and brutally honest. Yeah. And I commend you for... Absolutely. For all all that you do. Is that offensive? No. To, like, commend a parent for being a parent.
0: I don't know. Like, I think that it's... It's like, obviously, you're going to care for your kid. Obviously. Right. But it's just another level of parenting and, you know, something that you didn't sign up for. Yeah. And yet you have to do it. Yeah. But you still have to be able to be open and honest about how difficult it can be at times and um, how rewarding it can be. Yeah.
1: I hope anybody who has kids in their life can listen to this and be like yeah yeah absolutely like it can be real hard absolutely and make sure you guys check out their podcast it's really good they're so lovely and yeah just bring like a really interesting perspective because i don't think we talk enough about like the caregivers
0: yes absolutely of
1: you know people who need
0: caregiving and their episode or their podcast is called the caregiver chronicles yeah so, so check link them out. in bio,
1: check it out. We just this past week published Michelle's part two of her story over on our Patreon. And if somebody's listening and they're like, what the heck's a Patreon? What is it, Michelle?
0: I will tell you, it is a way to support us. And you pay a subscription once a month, $5 per month, and you get bonus episodes. And we have over 40 bonus episodes on there already that you have immediate access to. And then you get two bonus episodes every month. And uh, we talk about all sorts of things. We've talked about yeah. our trauma, other people's trauma, funny things, crazy things. And we finished Carling's story and now we are getting into my story. And yeah. And it has been difficult, but... Well, like maybe a bit cathartic? Uh, I believe so. I think... I've always wanted to tell my story, but I kind of like telling it in a way that is a little bit more protected. yeah and it's not to a ton of people, but it's kind of a good way to dip my toe into like starting to yeah share so
1: yeah, it's an important story to tell. and I think one nice thing about our patreon family is it's like it's the people who support us. yeah, and it's like this little community of people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we can be, like, a bit more vulnerable on it, maybe. Absolutely. And And I just love
0: getting messages from our Patreons telling us, like, how our stories impacted them or what they've learned or things that they've been through that are similar. And it's just kind of nice to have that feedback. Yeah. Yeah, It feels like a really nice community.
1: Absolutely. And we've been... join it. Yeah. We've been... We are trying to do at least every month or so a draw, just like Mm -hmm. a random draw for a prize or a giveaway. So if you're a patron member, you get... More chances to win things, yeah, totally. And I don't know, check us out. Make sure you're following us on social media. You can find us anywhere at I Did Not Sign Up For This. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna start a segment, I think maybe on Mondays, of things you didn't sign up for.
0: Yeah, we're gonna call it I Did Not Sign Up For This Monday, and we'll have a post on Instagram where you can tell us what you didn't sign up for that week, yeah, and we can chat about. Um, yeah, the things you didn't sign up for, but maybe kind of what you've learned or how you've been able to cope. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You're great. You're great. Everyone's great. Everyone's great. All right. Have a great Tuesday. You too. Or bye. whatever day you're listening to. Oh, this. yeah. Have a great day. Have a great day. Have a great time. <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>